he's doing. I have a habit of breaking things. You know what, I'm just going to put that in my pocket. he's doing that's good <sighs> all right let's get into it let's pray can you please extend your hands towards me because i need your prayer right now holy spirit may i be myself may i be who you've called me to be but the words that i speak may they be yours and not mine holy spirit impart something to each of us including me because we're always learning even when we're teaching May we receive. May we drop our guards and every pretense that we have of you, God, because you always know more than us, and there's always more to you than what we understand. So reveal yourself to us today. May we see you and may we receive you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So... This week and next week, we're talking about understanding the Holy Spirit. Now, when we wish to understand someone, what do we wish to know about them? Throw some things out at me. What, what do we wish to know when we want to understand someone? Preferences. We wish to understand their preferences. Did someone say something over here? If we wish to understand someone... What, do, what are the things we wish to know about them? Values and morals. Brilliant. Anyone else? Who they are. Yes. Their motives. What they like. Yep. Anything else? These are all really good answers. Where they're from. Personality. Yep. What ticks them off. Hallelujah. Anything else? Their relationship with God. That is a big one. You've got some great answers. You can sit in the front row. <laughs> Yell amen when I ask you to. <laughs> Anything else? That's really good. So, if we were to kind of sum all those up into two words, you'd say their nature, or someone said personality over here, their, their nature slash personality slash character. I'm going to say nature and their purpose, the things that drive them, the, the reason they get out of bed in the morning. You know, why are they doing what they're doing? Motives. You know, they're really the two things you wish to know about a person if you want to understand them properly, their nature and their purpose. You want to know how they're going to react when you tell them something, either whether it seems good or whether it seems bad. You want to know what makes them tick, what makes them happy, the, their style of thinking, all these kinds of things. You want to know their nature and you want to know their purpose. The Holy Spirit is the same thing. And... um. In fact, let's go to John 16. I'm just going to read out one verse. It's verse 7. And, and keep your finger in chapter 16 because we're going, to, we're going to be staying in that sort of area. I'm just getting used to this new Bible that I've been using. I have trouble finding things. John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, Helper, 
is translated as parakletos, and that kind of means helper, counselor, comforter. You know, some of your versions will say some of those words. You get the idea that the Holy Spirit is quite gentle and leads us in the right direction and help us to understand things. That is, that is the nature of the Holy Spirit, but um, I'm not going to focus on that so much. I want to tell a little story for a second. I'm, I'm a skateboarder, right? I've, I've been riding skateboards since I was five years old. My brother David got me into it. Some of you remember him. And, you know, I mean, when our church was in Benarambar Street, we used to sneak across to the TAFE and go skating there every Sunday. We weren't really allowed. And Pastor David Wright told us not to a hundred times, and we still did it. Um, you know, oh, I know. <laughs> and uh, when I was in high school, I used to go down to the skate park every single day after school. Um, Monday to Friday, I'd spend all day there on Saturday, and I'd go, I'd go there after church on Sunday. My homework suffered, but I was skating, and I was a happy man. But that sort of lifestyle attracts some bad things sometimes, or it did back in the day. It doesn't so much now. There'd always be some dudes that would want to come down to the skate park and prove themselves and try and fight you. you know? and, and, you know, we skater boys, would, we'd always... <laughs> Surprisingly, we'd usually try and pacify the situation and say, look, calm down. You know, we're not here for that. We want, we want to skate. Come on, let's have a good time. And um, it, that, that had always kind of happened. But I remember there was one particular guy that would come down, and I only saw him for a couple of months. He wasn't a skater. He was actually, I think he was about 50 years old. But he kind of looked like about 70 because I don't think he took real good care of his body. And he was on a push bike. He's riding past, and like there were skaters at the skate park, there were you know BMX riders, there were scooter riders, there was rollerbladers. You know, back in the day, we had we had the whole crew. He'd only pick fights with the skaters. If you had a bike, he'd leave you alone. If you had a scooter or or blades, he would leave you alone. He wouldn't touch you. He wouldn't even look at you. But if you had a skateboard, mate, he would yell every expletive to you under the sun. And we never really knew why. And for a time, we were kind of like, mate, calm down go home, what's, what, what's the matter, you know? But for, for, for a couple of months, every time he ran into us, if we were skating down the street, you know, there'd be a couple of skaters, there'd be a couple of bikers, we'd all be going to the cafe together. He'd single out the skaters and start calling us things, you know, but he'd leave the bike riders alone. We just didn't get it. And then one day he just sort of disappeared and we never saw him again. And I was thinking one day, I thought, something really bad must have happened to this guy. Like, he must have come across some dude with a skateboard that was just horrible to him for no reason. And it probably wasn't his fault. And as a result, now, that wasn't his fault if that happened to him. That's the only explanation I could come up with. But what was his fault was he decided to single out every skater and put them under the same banner and call them troublemakers. But that's not the only thing people do it to. People don't just do it to skaters. Sometimes skaters get a bad rap. Sometimes they deserve it. But, (laughs) you know, quite often we look at a particular group of people. Cops are a good example. You see one bad cop and you label all the other good ones as bad cops. They get a bad rap. Lots of people in lots of different groups get a bad rap because of one bad apple in the, in the barrel. Am I right? And uh, <laughs> I think Holy Spirit often gets a bad rap. 
because someone comes across a Christian that's really, ooh, you know, and, you know, they come across a little bit freaky, and then the Holy Spirit gets labeled as, no, I'm not, I'm not going to touch that, you know, because of one kind of weird person. It happens. It happens in a lot of Christian circles. Christians are pretty guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. I've done it. Gosh, I have done it. I think one of the reasons behind that, but, and I don't know if, when those people think those things, I don't think they realize this. It's because they don't want to move outside their comfort zone. A lot of people say, oh, well, it happened in the Bible, but it doesn't happen today. That was for the apostles back then. But that's an excuse. That is a big excuse. Why does it happen in the Bible and not today? Well, it actually does happen everywhere today. It's just the lens you're looking at it through because you don't want to see it because you don't want to move outside your comfort zone. That's not holiness. That's fear. It's not just about the apostles. Jesus has called us to do things too. The real question we should be asking is, oh, well, I don't see it happening anywhere, but it happens in the Bible. Why doesn't it happen today? Come on, Jesus. If you, if you called the apostles to do this, why can't you call me to do it? Are, are the apostles more special than me? Come on, I want some of this. I want to see some of this happening. That's the way we should be thinking. Come on, I'm hungry for the things in the Bible to be happening today. I want the kingdom of heaven to come to earth. If that's what God's called me to do, then I want to do it. The kingdom of heaven is a matter of power, not talk. Amen? I'm getting really preachy at the moment. The other reason is misunderstanding. We misunderstand a person's nature and their purpose. And, you know, part of that goes back to that whole, oh, wow, look at that really creepy Christian that is, you know, saying all sorts of funny things. I don't want to get messed up in that, you know. So they're really the two reasons. It happens in the Bible. It doesn't happen today. That's fear or misunderstanding and not trying to understand the Holy Spirit. Let's read on a little bit. We're going to skip a few verses and we're going to read verse 13 and 14. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Now the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. Guess what? In chapter 14, verse 6, what does it say? Anyone know it? Jesus replied, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if it is the Holy Spirit's job to lead us into all truth, what is he leading us into? Jesus! You know how many times, I think everyone in here has heard this at some stage, I don't need the Holy Spirit fuddy-duddy stuff, all I need is Jesus. That doesn't make sense to me. Because it's the Holy Spirit's job to teach us about Jesus and to know him more personally. That's the Holy Spirit's function. It's not the Holy Spirit's primary function to do miracles through us, but to lead us to Jesus, to use the miracles to lead us to Jesus. Now, I'm not going to talk about gifts today. I don't want to touch it. Steve can talk about that next week. I just want to talk about what the Holy Spirit is for, what he wants to do, what he wants to show us. That's what I want to talk about today. I just don't, I do sort of understand, but I don't really get why people are so adverse to the Holy Spirit if his job is to lead us into Jesus, if all we really want is Jesus. 
There's a word I want to focus on in there. Where is it? Declare. He will declare to you the things that are, the, are to come. The word declare is translated as, I don't know if I can pronounce it right, laleo, you know, and it means to utter, to speak, to use words in order to declare one's mind and disclose one's thoughts. Now, Scripture, we love Scripture so much because it's all about revealing Jesus. You know, Jesus is the theme of the Old Testament. If you know what to look for, you'll actually find him on every single page. And then the New Testament reveals Jesus and teaches us to walk with the mind of Christ and in the power of God. Now, if we read a lot of Scripture, see, we need the Holy Spirit and we need Scripture just as much as each other. One without the other is an imbalanced Christian life. Is that a word? Imbalanced? Unbalanced? Unbalanced. I made up a word. Hallelujah. It's going to be in the Oxford Dictionary next year. It's an unbalanced lifestyle. So if I have Scripture, but I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit, when I'm, when I'm reading the Word, my spirit will connect with it. My spirit, not the Holy Spirit, because I haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit. My spirit will connect with Scripture. But my mind has to do its own job. I have to interpret what I'm reading. That means by my own style of reasoning, whatever my style of thinking is, I have to deduct what it means. And I can really be in the ballpark or I can really not be. We've all seen the damage that twisted scripture can cause. Because... Scripture is the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. And if you use a weapon in the wrong way, it's going to cause some damage, isn't it? But you could have a really healthy style of thinking. You could, um, you could be, be, be really intelligent about it and really wise about it and, and logically conclude that it means exactly what it says. So you could really be in the ballpark. But the thing is, your mind is doing the job, and therefore the word will lack power. And that's why we don't see the things today that we see in the Bible. Because our mind is doing the job. My mind has no power in itself. You know, the, or it's in Matthew chapter 7, it's verse 29, I think. The people marveled because Jesus was speaking with authority. Not like the scribes and the teachers of the law. The scribes and the teachers of the law knew the Bible very well, or, or the, the scriptures and the Torah. But they had a lot of knowledge and they did their own interpretations. Jesus spoke with a moral authority. He spoke with the power of the Spirit. And for some reason, it just connected a lot more with the people. And it made sense to them. You know, you, you see some of those speakers where, I don't know if it's happening now or not, <laughs> But you see some of those speakers where you're connecting with every word they say and you're like, wow, this is really good stuff. It's feeding my spirit. And then there are some speakers that it's like as soon as they start talking, you just get your Bible and you're like, you know, like, have you all come across that before? Hey, it happens. So when we, have the Holy, when we have Scripture but we don't have the Holy Spirit, Scripture becomes subject to our opinion. 
and it should never, ever be subject to our opinion because my opinion is not a higher authority than Scripture. When we have the Holy Spirit, but we don't have Scripture, that's also a problem. Sure, Holy Spirit can speak to us a lot. But if we don't know our Bible, put it plain and simple, we don't know God. Because this reveals Him. And whatever the Holy Spirit says, it's got to line up with this. And if we don't know what this says, then... Who's to know if the Holy Spirit's speaking to us or the devil's speaking to us? 2 Corinthians 11.14 says that the devil masquerades as an angel of light. How am I going to distinguish the devil's voice from the Holy Spirit's voice if I don't know what the Bible says? I can easily be fooled. I can easily be manipulated. We need Scripture just as much as we need the Holy Spirit. So my, I'm not saying today that I'm going to nullify Scripture and, and say we need the Holy Spirit. I'm saying we need both if we are to have a real, authentic, and deepening relationship with Christ. When we have both, when we're reading the Word, when we are listening to the Holy Spirit, we're not trying to deduct. We're not trying to conclude. We're not trying to reason so much. We've still got to use our, our brains, but it comes second to revelation or illumination or whichever side of the fence you want to come from. But when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we're reading Scripture, we won't deduct. The Holy Spirit will be speaking it to us, declaring uttering and guiding us into all truth and saying, this is what it means. And you get to sit back and go, wow, this is really awesome. There's the difference. It is spoken to us. We're not trying to make sense of it. Therefore, it is no longer our opinion. We can still form opinions on it after that. We still use our brain. We still have to use our brain. God gave us a brain. But the Holy Spirit speaking to us should come before them. Are you with me? Hallelujah. When we are guided into all truth, so we've already, we already understand that when we are being guided into truth, we are being guided into the person, into the character, into the nature and the purpose of Jesus, which is where we want to be. The second part of that becomes we need to outwork that. We need to put it into action. If we don't, we suppress the Holy Spirit. We're not allowing the Holy Spirit to do his job. Because everything about discipleship, and we are all called to make disciples and we are all called to be disciples. The whole thing about discipleship is not just that we listen, but that we do. That we respond to what we are told to do and who we are. Because what we do is a declaration of who we are. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. So, there becomes the onus on us to respond to the Word of God. And that is the prompting of the Holy Spirit. The Word of God makes sense to us. So we go and do it. Christianity 101, I love it. Um, 
Our mind often gets in the way. My mind often gets in the way. I can form all sorts of opinions. But if I really want to know God, I can't just have Scripture and I can't just have the Holy Spirit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really need both. If I want to be learning things every day, you know, if I want to take up my cross every day, and not just do things, if I just want to rest in God's presence, I'm going to need both. Now, I want to go to Acts chapter 1, verse 7 and 8 for a second. We should all know verse 8. I'm in Romans. This Bible. Me. I'm blaming my Bible. It's me. Actually, I want to read from verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The disciples wanted to know something. And bearing in mind, I want us to remember that the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. The disciples all wanted to know something. I've often been guilty because my head gets in the way a lot. I've always wanted to know as much as I can. I've always really been, not so much these days, but I've always really been interested in getting into theological debates with people. I really enjoy it. I really thrive off it. I don't like getting angry with people, but... I really enjoy sitting down and having a discussion and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But often that can be our go-to and often that can be our go-to with evangelism and we try and talk to people 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 and wonder why we don't get anywhere with them. Gosh, it's frustrating. Why don't you just see what I'm telling you? I can't persuade someone into the kingdom. I can't persuade someone to see my point of view. That's the Holy Spirit's job. If I'm filled with the Spirit, I'm not going to try and convince them. I'm not going to try and persuade them. I'm just going to say what I need to say and let God be God. The disciples wanted to know things that they could talk about. We love to talk. But Jesus said, no, it's, it, it's not for you to know that stuff. Don't worry about it but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses. Now, notice he didn't say, you'll be my witnesses and then you will receive power. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and then you'll be my witnesses. He didn't want the disciples to go anywhere. Brett Linda said it last week. He didn't want the disciples to go anywhere until they'd received the Holy Spirit. He didn't want them to do anything. He said, just stay in Jerusalem. Just keep praying, do your thing, but don't. Don't start your ministry until the Holy Spirit comes on you because otherwise you're trying to do it yourself. You're trying to do it with your own logic and your own reason and your intentions are brilliant. But you're trying to do it without me. They became witnesses after the Spirit came. Now, going back to chapter 16, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send them to you. I have a question. 
if it was Jesus' intention to leave so that the Holy Spirit could come, why would we want that not to happen? If Jesus wanted that and said, I gotta go, but I'm gonna send you someone who's gonna teach you about me. And I will live in you, but he's gonna teach you about me. I'm gonna send him to you. Come on, this is a good thing. Stop stop mourning, stop grieving. I want this for you. Why would we want something else? Why would we want to say, no, I don't need the Holy Spirit. I just need Jesus. I'm sending him to you. Come on. Why would we not want it? Doesn't it make sense? Hallelujah. For the sake of our deepening intimacy with Christ and for the salvation of this entire broken world, we need the Holy Spirit. We can't do it without Him. That's the point that Jesus made. We cannot talk the world into meeting Jesus because their hearts are shut off. It takes God to open it up, not me. We can show the world who Jesus is, but we can't do that with our reason. We can't do that with our deductions and our logic, no matter how intelligent we are. After all, God does use the lowly to shame the wise, does he not? Can we pray? We're going to have some some ministry time at the end. So if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, then, you know, when we're, we're going to have a song at the end and we're going to have some ministry time, then please, we will, we will pray for you. And if you have any questions or, or you want some conversation about this kind of stuff or if there's anything you wish to understand, please come and talk to myself or, or one of the pastors. We would love to talk to you about it. We would love to pray with you if we can. You know, so, so we're not going to do anything right this minute. We'll, we'll just close off in prayer and then, and then keep going. But there will be some ministry time at the end. Okay, let's, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for sending us the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that everything, all of the amazing things that happened in the Bible are still happening today all over the world. Thank you, Lord God, that millions upon millions of people every year are coming into a relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, that so much more is happening around us than we could ever realize. Father, when the news paints all bad stories, there is so much more good happening left, right, and center. In our midst and on the other side of the world and everywhere in between, you are always at work and you never rest. Lord, we pray that our hearts align with yours, that we step into the power of the Spirit, that we stop saying, I want to do things my own way. I want to stay in my comfort zone. And we say, no, I want the things of God in my life and I want to bring the things of God into other people's lives. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us. We ask you to teach us about Jesus. We ask you to lead us when we're reading Scripture. Lord, that that the renewing of our mind would take place not because of our reasoning and our deduction, but because of your declaration because of your utterance, that you would bring transformation into our lives by your truth that you guide us into. May we walk in who you have called us to be, looking to you in all things and not trusting in ourselves.
but trusting in you and being led by you. You are the answer to all things. You are the only person that can satisfy us eternally. Jesus, we pray these things in your precious and wonderful name. Amen. Jesus, I'm humming. Woo. All right. We're just um, going to reflect upon that word right now as we um, are taking communion. So can I have the, the stewards uh, just hand out communion for us? Thanks. <clears throat> yeah, you could um, just really keep expanding on that, can't you? You could just keep... It's one of those things that you could just keep unfolding and unfolding and unfolding. And um, I just really encourage you to reflect upon what uh, what Jamie was sharing today, and and just see that the Holy Spirit is is really not an option in as far as our our human walk. And um, so I just want to reflect upon that as we're we're partaking in communion. And um, 1 John 3, 8 says that the reason Jesus came, the reason the Son of God came was to destroy the works of the enemy. And when we look back right to the beginning, when we look back to the Garden of Eden, there was that intimacy. There was the wholeness of a perfect relationship between God and His creation. And we all know the story how the devil snuck in there and and created chaos. And that we see the effects of all that. But you know, it never took God by surprise. It wasn't not, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Now what are we going to do? The Son of God was always going to come for our redemption. The Son of God was always going to come for our salvation. The Son of God was always going to come to sacrifice Himself for our benefit. The Son of God was always going to come so that the Holy Spirit could dwell within us as He was at the beginning for that perfect relationship with God. The Son of God came, 1 John 3, 8 tells us, to destroy the works of the enemy. And when we look on the cross, when we look to Jesus on the cross, when we look to that perfect sacrifice that the Lamb of God laid slain,